live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son TTRPG podcast. And we are delighted to be joined today by Greg Tito and Shelly Manzanoble, the co-hosts of the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Dragon Talk, and the co-authors of Welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who play it. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? So good. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. This is really exciting. I can't wait. I, I actually, I, I have a question already, but I'm going to wait until you get started. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, well, this is the thing. You guys are podcasters. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. some element of this probably should be an exploration of, because you're, there is a dynamic with a two person podcast team mm. and a one person guest or a two person guest thing. So we should talk mm. about that a little bit, maybe. Totally. Um, Hundred percent. So, what's your question? Go for it. Shoot, shoot, shoot. shoot I want. Shoot, I actually don't know which one is homie and which I one is dude. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. You can ask that, but then that would mean we could ask other questions that you might decline to answer as well about the the employer that you have. So let's just park that for a second. We may, we may oh, circle okay. that. It's a mystery. I like it. So some deep lore with Homie and the Dude that we, uh, we actually have revealed it in one of the very first videos that we made, but we actually have then since not mentioned it and, and will not tell people. It's for you guys. <laughs> who do you think is the Homie and who do you think is the Dude? Yeah. Is maybe a oh, better wow. question. Well, we'll tell you at the end, I think. I think that deal, might be like deal. at the end of the entire, you know, people. That, Shelly, you feel like you were about to make a, a prognostication <laughs> there. I was. Well, I'll... Yes, my, I'll tell you who I think now, and then I'll tell you at the end who I think. <laughs> Amazing. Go for First it. of Go all, is is one of you homie and one of you is dude? It's not going to be like they're not actually even here. <laughs> yeah. It's our cousin no, no. and our. <laughs> You're one hundred percent right. One of us is homie, and one of us is dude. Do you know who's okay? I I, I indeed do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Tom is the dude. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll 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 put that's good theology. That. I like that. I like that. Okay. Theology. I like that. We'll okay. put a pin on that. We, 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 maybe we'll reveal it afterwards. Yeah. So, I love I've it. got to, I've got to ask you guys. You've written a book about podcasting. You know all these amazing <laughs> conversations that you guys have had with, you know, a, a plethora of guests. You know, and I've been listening to your guys' podcast for a long time. And you know, I, some of your guests are some of my favorite people within our industry that you've had on, and some of the topics that you've talked about have been absolutely incredible. I want to ask you because obviously for us, we have over the years, you know, that we've done this, learned techniques, learned little things that we do, you know, things that allow us to have good cohesion as co-hosts. What kind of advice would you guys give to like people who are new at this or like up and coming or like how to really make the conversation feel whole and, uh, and interesting for people? Oh man, that's a, that's a big yeah. question. I think, um, honestly, the best part about podcasting with Shelly was that we didn't have to think about that at all. 
awesome. You know, it, in some ways, I think we always, and you know, it's similar to the way you have set up, uh, you know, your conversational podcast, where we always want it to be like people hanging out and getting to know each other and no stakes, right? Because, you know, sometimes we have people who come in who are who are nervous or, you know, don't want to say anything wrong. And then they, you know, they, they might be their first experience mm -hmm. on this type of a podcast type thing. And I think one, th uh, you know, asset that both Shelly and I have is that we can put people at ease pretty, pretty easily. And that's the secret sauce out of all of it is just making it a conversation and, uh, you know, not too, not too dissimilar from just meeting people uh, at a party and, and, and getting to know them a little bit more. Now, that can be easier for some people and harder for some people. So it's about like, you know, giving folks the tools that they need to feel comfortable and whatever that may be. Usually it's just, you know, a joke or an aside or self-deprecating humor about ourselves. Um, it tends to just kind of put people at, at ease and then you get great stuff from it uh, so i don't know I, if there's any secret sauce i think that's what it is but luckily like i said shelly and i kind of fell into that from 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 the get-go yeah, yeah I, I love adding oh sorry go no on. no go ahead go ahead i was adding just gonna to say that, that nope. greg's, greg's <laughs> <laughs> as, we're, as we're talking See, good about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good um i'll just i'll just put a little brief little thing in here and then uh, over to you shelly um totally agree with the self-deprecating that that little piece right there seems to have worked really well for us especially with people that are a little bit um unsure unfamiliar or unexperienced with with this this type of space but yeah for sure go on shelly yeah okay so all of what greg said now i remember being i think we were at game Con and people were like oh i love dragon talk i really love the banter between you and greg and i thought banter like, and greg. like what I didn't, it didn't occur to me that like, that was, I thought people were just like, oh, just fast forward through the Greg and Shelly part and get to the guests. But <laughs> Greg and I just are like really good friends in real life. So, and even though we worked together, oftentimes when we went into the studio to record Dragon Talk, that was the first time we saw each other like all week and actually mm -hmm. could like catch up with each other. So it was sort of a, like a genuine, like catching up and excited to see each other. But if you saw Greg and I, recording dragon talk and then saw greg and i at a party together it would be like the same energy yeah. the same the same tone but i also think that we're we feel so lucky to be talking to some some of the most passionate talented creators out there mm -hmm. and in, that are lending their time to us to talk to us about the work that they're doing in this in what you know with D D and around D D. so i think our that the genuine interest that we have in getting to know these people also makes it easier. Obviously, mm -hmm. you don't want to do a podcast about French cooking if, like, if you hate <laughs> cooking. Like, there's it, the topic needs to be something that mm -hmm. you're obviously excited to talk about, and hopefully, the people you're talking to are equally excited about, which in our case, they are. Hundred percent, you know, and and it, it it's one of those things where I think. You know, as you said, you're so passionate about it, and I love what you said, Greg, as well. To 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 follow on from what Tom said, you know, the the way that you you know talked about being self-deprecating, also just you know making people feel comfortable. I think that's one of the things where I'm not sure if you guys have had any guests where you know you've you know been in the studio and your heart's like as you're like sat there like, and they join the core and you're like, oh my god, breathe. And it's one of those ones where you have to get comfortable as well as making sure that, you know, then they're comfortable and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really like 
um, that, that you mentioned that. I, I also wanted to mention, you, you mentioned a word banter. That's such an English term. And I didn't know that, it, I, I didn't know that I'd made it over to America at this point. That's amazing. I, I'm so stoked Whoa. to hear an American say the word banter. That's I, I, awesome. I actually think there's, there, it'd be good to get your clarification, Shelley, on what you, um, what you really, what your definition of banter is. Because in, in England or in the UK, banter has a little edge to it. There's a little bit of like, what oh, they would call, at each yeah, other. taking the piss or like oh, kind of like yeah, going no. back a little bit of like back and not not like in a bad way but like right. friendly i don't know what the word is in america anymore because i haven't driving friendly yeah, driving friendly little 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 digs but like you know in a funny in a clever way that type of thing is it the totally. same the, i more i think when when americans say banter we're more like chatty 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 like like yeah. just okay like very conversational back and forth lot of, like the back and forth part but yeah. not necessarily the what did you say taking the piss out yeah, yeah. Well, taking the piss is a friendly way of saying joking with someone having a, yes. a friendly joke it's not it's not like ill-intended or anything like right. that right. Because, like me being like oh tom you old man you yeah, yeah. you know like that kind of thing <laughs> and like you know that that kind of like you know you're 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 making jokes at each other's expense with the knowledge yes. that you're just having fun and having a laugh basically yeah, yeah. is it right. would be a good description can it's I, the self-deprecating without the self it's the right. deprecating exactly. of your partner yes. exactly yeah it is it is i love that and i love that you know show you mentioned about uh catching up on the podcast we would totally do that and then sometimes we'd be catching up uh, in the office and be like, Oh, no, no, hold on. Don't tell that story. Cause I want to hear it for the first time <laughs> when we're, when we're on air, uh, because it'll just be, you know, you'll get my more genuine laughs that way. If it's, if it's not the, you know, second time mm. I've heard the story, I used to love that, that thing, uh, we would do, especially when we were doing live, uh, Twitch yeah. recordings of our stuff where we had to fill more than just mm -hmm. the hour or so that would be on the podcast. We had to fill sometimes, you know, two or three hours worth of content and, mm. That always got a little bit harder. It's a, it's a lot. It's a much different thing when you're trying to, uh, uh, you know, fill up that amount of weekly time. Yeah, and you, Luckily, you, you want to save those little gems, right? Because the first time you say it is often the most authentic. If you try to replicate it, it somehow doesn't come out exactly as you said it the first time. And we've had it before as well, where we're having a bit of a pre-talk before we go into a podcast with a guest. And all of a sudden we're talking and it's gone to oh, five yeah. minutes and 10 minutes and 15 minutes. We're like, holy shit, let's hit record because this is actually some good content. Yeah, right. This right is gold. Right yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Those those guys really help. Maybe that's another little advice thing because those little five ten minute things are, are sometimes really instrumental because you can build rapport and then call it back in the first five ten minutes of of the first uh, recording of the podcast. So like sometimes that really helps honestly because it sets people yeah. at ease. It's not the first time they're saying those words out loud or be like, oh yeah, tell that story again. Because sometimes you know. You want that that initial laughter uh, without having the story be told, but sometimes the second or third time a story is told, it's actually told better. So you know, it's it's yeah. it's it's like a good dungeon master. You kind of have to read the room and kind of understand uh, what might be the best thing to do in a situation. A hundred percent. You're 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 dead on. You you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Dead on. And I think <laughs> um, you know it, it, it's very much one of those where you you have to just understand the person that you're with. And like you said, you know, it's easier for the person that you know really well for you guys to have a catch up and be like, save, save that for like our first reaction because it will be easier. 
rather than, like you said, someone who's coming in, you know, maybe feeling a bit nervous, to get them maybe to repeat it or, you know, tell a story again does actually, you know, give them that opportunity to be like, oh, okay, I've done this once. I, you know, I've, I've gotten through this once. I can do it again. There was a laugh at the end of this story. So I know that, you know, it's likely to get another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that works. Something you totally. also said there is you mentioned like the three hour like podcasting zone where you're like just really in this like deep space of like conversation and having to, you know, keep the ball rolling and keep it interesting. So we actually do um, an, an MMA podcast um, mm -hmm. with when when UFC events are on. We do live commentary for the fights and then also um, in, in between the fights do a lot of like talking with our with our um, chat and whatnot. And that's one of those ones where we go for like seven hours sometimes and it is one of those ones where you're just like, oh my God, like I hear myself saying things and I'm like, I am literally just talking absolute shit. <laughs> I, am just, I, I don't know what's happening, but it's just coming out and it's just filling air because that's what it is at this point, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. That's a talent yeah. for sure. I love that you guys have a MMA and a D&D podcast. That's, well, that's, well, you're very it's well a, balanced. I like that. <laughs> Here's the thing. We, we find that there's a really big crossover when it comes to combat in D&D for us because mm -hmm. when it comes into combat as people who have loved martial arts, done martial arts and, and you know been in that world for nearly 15 years, Tom and I, when we then came into D&D a couple years ago, we were like, oh, well, combat's really fun because it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this move that I've seen, you know, people do in or, you know, I've done in training and things like that. And it's it's something that we actually found has has amplified our our, our D and D play and mm. and things like that actually, which is really interesting. It is it yeah. is a weird it is a it's weird. such a weird niche. Yeah, it's a weird niche. And Less it's, I mean, weird nowadays though. Those worlds yeah. are are crossing over more. Yeah, yeah, because I think both actually both of those entities, so D and D and MMA slash the UFC, are having a real moment right now, mm. like globally. And so, mm. um, I think both of them are very much you know expanding their presence in in pop culture right now so yeah. there i guess there is a little bit of just like venn diagram crossover but yeah probably, probably not all. Rest, wrestling in america as well too right like how, yeah that, that's had like a a bit of a growth and uh there's even more uh fantasy involved in that right so that makes total sense yeah, yeah. and what you're saying about having that interest in combat too that reminds me of bob salvatore's like uh going back to how he was a bouncer and, and was a uh uh you know uh, much more interested in writing the action of of uh, his mm. um, in, in the Drist novels about how uh, describing that was important to him, and he was able to use actual knowledge of bar not fights. yeah bar fights <laughs> and MMA things in order to like kind of build the visceralness of 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 those combat things. And right, it's it's you need that you need that. And actually, as I'm writing fantasy now, that's like a, a, a not a strong suit for me because I'm like I don't mm. understand how to. I just know that it's fun and it gets exciting and you stab them, but like, you know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I've had people read it and be like, you know, that's not how sword combat works. You know that, right? And I'm like, no, no I do not. Please <laughs> tell me. <laughs> do you know what? I, I, it's such an interesting point, Greg, because, you know, we watch movies now, we read books, you know, and there's some, and, you know, there's television and anime and all this stuff. And, you know, you look at things where actual martial arts is being used or you look at, you know, maybe Asian television or a Asian Asian theater and things like that, um, where you're getting a lot of these, you know, kung fu influences, karate, you know, old style Japanese judo and jujitsu being mixed in. And 
you can really see the difference between like uh, you know someone who like you said who might not know like what's going on versus you watch you know Jackie Chan do his thing and you're like whoa like that's that's on another level like I thought the rock throwing you know Vin Diesel through a window was interesting but, <laughs> but wow Jackie Chan's using a ladder to hit that guy that's crazy do you know what I mean and so uh, I, I fully get that it's it's hard to get those high levels if you haven't partaken in which is why I think for us when we started D&D we were very much in a place of like ah like where do we go? This is all nervous. You know, we want to be good, but you know, we want to, you know, put something on the internet, but we're so nervous about that space. And you guys mentioned a minute ago that, you know, it's the reason you guys love Dragon Talk is because you're so passionate about, you know, D&D and, and, and the whole industry and what we're a part of. How did you guys get started? Where, where, where did this journey begin for you guys in terms of like, how did you fall in love with D&D and then, you know, years down the line we're here you know so how did this start for you guys <laughs> my my origin story begins with my employer telling me i had to learn how to play dungeons and dragons <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> it's true it's true i had worked for, at wizards of the coast for years before i touched dungeons and dragons i knew it was there <laughs> i knew that people were playing it i knew we That's published amazing. it i was like mm, not for me I'm not going to be a Dungeons and Dragons player. <laughs> nope. Um, but I got a job on the publishing team, mm-hmm. which I was really excited about. I was going to be working on our new children's books and our adult novels. And this is the same team that publishes the rule books, the adventures, mm-hmm. the source books. And so I like was very close to them now. But still, I'm like, I am pub- I am working on children's novels. I do not need to know how to play your silly game. I'm still going to resist <laughs> it as much as possible. I will read these children's books. You guys just go make your little dice towers and talk in your funny accents <laughs> and make up words with lots of consonants and apostrophes that nobody can pronounce. But go ahead. Have fun. And then my oh. boss was like, hey you should really learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons. It might actually help you in your career. Oh, okay. We got a group together with like five other people. Only one of them had played D&D before. So I was already feeling a little bit better that I was among other new people. I, the dungeon master was super into it. This was 3.5 edition. And he was like, I hope you make your character. But really like he made the character. I had no idea how, the only thing I could do was say, I want to be an elf and yeah. I I think sorcerer sounds cool which it did yeah. and then he did all the, the the rest but it seemed like so much work like god like all these words <laughs> and all this math and all these like erasing with pencils and rolling dice like just give me a character like why can't I just pick the thimble out of a box and start playing what is what is with this game and then we sat down to play our first game he handed me my little, my little miniature that would represent my character. And as soon as I saw her, do you want to see her? She's right here. She's always right next to me. This is my That's little awesome. mini. This is Very Astrid cute. Bellagio. And mm. I, without me being asked, I wrote, I just started making up this huge backstory about her. Like she's of the Bellagio family of the, the Las Vegas. The, the fountain Bellagio family. <laughs> the, La, the Las Vegas Bellagios. Perhaps you've heard of them. Best <laughs> breakfast buffet in all of America. Uh, <laughs> and after that first game, well, 
probably minutes within that first game, it became very clear to me that I had been so wrong about this mm-hmm. game for my whole life. And I became very angry that my parents never found me a and d game when I was a kid because <laughs> I would have been great at it. But it was like, God, like this is it. It's just us together telling stories, making things up having these really fun adventures and like the cleric is like diving in front of um, arrows to save me like the the little frail sorcerer in the back and I'm like casting magic missiles and like knocking things down like everybody was assisting everybody was supporting each other we were cheering for each other it was an amazing two hours that was only supposed to be that one game but Mm. like really our bosses were just like just learn how to play move Mm. on and we were like, we must continue playing. And we played for three years. Every week. <laughs> we just, we just upgrade on going. Goes. That, <laughs> yeah. And I and I became like very obsessed with the idea of like, I know there are people out there like me that have been very wrong about this game that just don't see themselves as a D&D player or fan. And I must tell them they are wrong. They must <laughs> find this game. It's It just can do such amazing things for you. So that is the mm-hmm. crusade I've been on ever since. A valiant one indeed. What about, yes. you, what about you, Greg? Um, I, somewhat similar in that I got to D&D later as an adult. Uh, I loved fantasy when I was a kid. Um, I loved uh, reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and read a lot of D&D adjacent stuff like Dragonlance and... and um, uh, all those novels. And I uh, found the... Dungeon Master's Guide on my brother's shelf. Uh, and we actually don't know how it got there. I have a very uh, strict mother, uh, a Catholic, uh, and we think it might have just kind of got there through a hand-me-down box somehow. My, my older brothers didn't really care about it, but I found it and I was like, this is amazing. This is like I can play in all of the worlds that I've been reading about and, and you know, watching animated movies about. Like, this is, this is great. Um, Never was able to get a, a group together because of the aforementioned Catholic background. Uh, and then I have you know, a couple of fits and starts here and there in college, but nothing really amounted to anything. And it wasn't until I was in living in New York City uh, for a few years, making theater, doing stand up comedy. And that I was like, well, wait a second. I I can play D&D now. There's no one telling me <laughs> I can't play d and I'm an adult. I can do things. And so mm-hmm. I found a group. It was like, you know, online when, um, you know, uh, forums and things were relatively new in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm ended up finding this amazing group of, of, of creative folks who many of which went on to do stuff in the, the TRPG space later on. One of them works at Paizo now, one of them uh, has, has created um, uh, lots of stuff together. Um, and so we had like a really great 3.5 era campaign, lasted also for around three years. And it was this wonderful storytelling experience. Uh, and I kind of got hooked from there and started writing more about D&D uh, and video games. I got hired as a game journalist um, at the a website called The Escapist and started pitching in addition to video game stuff as much tabletop content as mm. I could. Uh, and then was lucky enough to get hired at Wizards uh, in, in 2015 um, to make that you know a, mo- a more permanent part of my life where it's basically mm. just proselytizing about the wonders of this game because like Shelly, I agree people are better people when they play Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) They have empathy, they know how to work as a team, they know how to listen to each other, they are uh, really into cool swords and, and, you know, (laughs) casting magic spells, which are super fun. Um, They are miniature collectors. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much 
many disciplines, creative disciplines that go into this hobby that yeah. you, uh, everybody can get something out of it, whether it's artwork or like I said, miniature painting or maps or performance, costumes, cosplay, like that whole, like I just love that there's so many different facets to this game and it's been great having this podcast uh dragon talk to be able to talk to all these people and elevate all of those things and i think that's you know just to circle back to what you're talking about podcasting and our genuine interest in it and i think that's again another part of of why this uh, podcast has lasted as long as it did and why we've interviewed more than 300 people is that we just genuinely love hearing these stories we love hearing mm -hmm. about the different ways that people interact with this game and then there's just so many different ways like there's acting there's performance there's politicians who play it hollywood uh creators directors writers uh you know educators uh, uh mental health providers uh you know people who are just people uh who are just are doing stuff but then just happen to have a game that lasts four decades uh and has uh, overarching um uh plots and storylines that are going on and weaving all, all together so it's it's been a really just long and amazing journey and i think we just love telling more people about it and hopefully getting more people into it uh with the with that caveat that like you know even when i started in 2015 there was enough of a stereotype still about dnd players similar to to what shelly was saying and i think over time we've broken each one of those stereotypes mm -hmm. down and it's like no anybody can play it. you can love uh, mma fighting and like dnd like i don't <laughs> think you could say that 20 years ago right but people yeah. who were into mma 20 years ago be like what are you it's stupid, but like, it's it's totally changed now, and I I love that. I love that. Yeah, uh, there's there's so many different parts of it, and my camera just dropped a second. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you're good. No, I just love I love both of your answers, and mm. I it, they they both sort of I've been trying to explore what is it about D and D. Certainly, there's oh, a personal reason for me, but like like psych psychologically, like what is happening in our brains? What is happening in our like deeper within us that and I guess, Greg, your point is there's different things for different people. I get that. Um, but I also feel like I want it to be like something more, which is mm. it's tapping into something in the human experience yes. that we are not getting enough of that we maybe used to get when we all used to sit around a campfire or mm. and there was one person standing in front of us. They might have been in a headdress or they might have been telling uh, scary stories or inspirational stories about combats and about history and about families and about there's something in there it feels like to me above and beyond yes I want it for comedy I want it for role-playing I love I love minis I love you know it feels like there's more in there um and like Shelly that soul kind yeah, of there's, yeah yeah the, the storytelling bit that's so, I am with you, Tom. I have tried for years to figure out what it, what <laughs> is it about this game that has mm. kept people in it for decades, for officially decades. There are people who learned how to play D&D in the 70s that still mm. love Dungeons and Dragons. Even if they are not currently playing it, they are still very much fans of the game. And I love when we talk to somebody who is an adult and learned how to play it as a child and we'll say like tell us about when you first discovered D&D and it's like they're it, they just go back like you can see yeah. them going back in time and it's like every like smell every texture like the color of the carpet and the 
your friend's basement and like his mom was upstairs making spaghetti <laughs> sauce and like <laughs> This was like cousin Anthony from you know Portland came to town and he was like, You guys want to play a game? And <laughs> it was like super mysterious. They didn't know what we like, we didn't know what we were doing. And my character died within 15 minutes, and it was amazing. <laughs> and they and they just clicks for them. It just they and they just stay in that moment. Like there's not uh they never lose the fandom they're either they're still friends with those people that they played D with all those years ago because obviously D really does help bond you to people mm. but i i am with you like i can't figure it out like there is something psychological that that it taps into and it's like you know that innate need to just be together to tell stories to share and D mm. does that really well but it's like it's like something beyond that and i mm. get to see it a little bit when i introduce a kid to dungeons and dragons like you can actually like see it happening when they're like whoa wait i can i can do that i could just do this and they get really excited really into their characters really into the story and then they leave the table and they're still just like chattering together like what did you see like oh wasn't that funny when we did this thing and i'm like it's happening it's happening <laughs> and years from now when somebody asks them how they got into D, and they're gonna be like oh it was our neighbor's mom taught us how to play and she gave us so many snacks and it was <laughs> her her son was a total weirdo and he kept casting spells out of his butt and like, whatever but it's like i i've written this is my third book about D&D because mm, I yeah. keep trying to tap into like, what, why is this game so special? There is no mm. other game. There's no other brand, like no other book. Like I'm thinking about what was I into when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. Like Nothing that I'm still really passionate about. And I loved Sweet Valley High books, but I, <laughs> I don't care about Sweet Valley High as an adult. I'm sorry. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe we can. One day we'll figure it out. But do you think the Sweet Valley High turned into your love of Bravo television? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So it's still there a little bit. Uh, but yeah. no, but I like what you're saying, Tom. Like I, I've used that campfire uh, analogy uh, comparison yeah. a lot because I think it does, in some ways, that act of sitting around a table or or a campfire telling stories is what makes us human. Like it is the thing yes. that changes us from being. Uh, you know, animals just going to get a meal as much as we can. Like that's that community, that sense of being with um, other people and having a shared reality that's not the reality that everyone is yeah. is currently in. It's so rare. And when you get to do it and, you know, I'm not saying every single D&D sen- session is a transcendent experience uh, <laughs> like, like what we're describing here. But when it clicks, when it is that transcendent experience, there is nothing like that. The only thing that I think that is similar not the same, but similar is music, going to a concert and having that back and forth between everybody in the crowd and everybody up on stage and that emotional play back and forth is kind of the thing. So if you combine that with the storytelling and the campfire, like that's the power of what D&D is. Like it actually ends up being something that is more than us. Um, more than our reality that we're able to, you know, mundanely experience. It's going to another another plane right another and i think that's why so many D stories have that 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 
part of you know those tropes of like no you're ascending you're going to the ethereal plane you're going to mm-hmm. you know these other weird uh, uh versions of what reality is and and tapping into the myth of of that and i think that's really cool and i something also clicked with me a little bit and i think that's uh, while we were talking which is that's why i think sometimes religious people uh rail against dungeons and dragons because like no that's our domain we're supposed to yeah. be doing that for, <laughs> great point. for people it's a great point yeah you know? Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's a, it's it's a really solid point. And do you know what? So a couple of things that I I want to talk about that you both say because I think can I that, say something afterwards as well? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to pack in some of this. So first of all, Shelley, I had the same experience. I um I went to I was at a, a boarding school for for many years, and um our I I was like a jock sports lad. Like I would you know <laughs> lots of lots of sports, lots of you know like partying and stuff like that and i had this like inner nerd that was like locked away Aww. basically and my drama teacher was the guy who really like unlocked it for me because i i did drama with him and then went on and studied that and you know he he really unlocked that and he introduced me to to D 3.5 and oh. <laughs> as as someone who is profusely dyslexic um Oh, wow. When I was making my character, I was again like, just so much maths. What are you doing to me? Why? <laughs> Dude. And you and like I have to write it in pencil and I yes. already don't spell things in correctly. Oh, so exactly. much pencil shaving. Exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, this is this is crazy. So I actually drifted away from D D for a very long time and, and came back to it as an adult a few years ago. And and um, but always loved like the moments that I did have in school playing with with those people once I got past the maths bit and whatnot. And you know that 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 bit of like, especially for me as a young person, just being so contradictory to who I was at that time in yes. my life. I was so not a D and D player, and yet it just enlightened me in a way that. And I think there's moments in my life that I realized oh, I need to just be me. I need to just be honest to who I am. I need to just be the truth of who I am. And at this point, um, you know, there, there's only one version of me because I'm, I, I try and live that pretty perpetually. But at that time, that was one of the things that unlocked that for me. I remember being like, whoa, I can be, like you said, I can shoot spells out of my butt. I feel like that's okay here. <laughs> I feel like that's okay. It's a safe space for you. Yeah. Do you. Exactly. Exactly. And so I felt really, really, you know, comfortable in that. And I I can't tell you how much that switch, like you said, it's it's almost like a a penny dropping and you're just like, whoa. And every single I've never had a person that and I have now like I I seem to majority run D&D for new players at this point, except for like our our actual play stream that we do. I'm constantly, you know, introducing friends and family and also, the, the moment anyone asks me, Bodhi, what do you do for work? And I mentioned, you know, this. They're like, oh, my God, I love Stranger Things and D&D. Can you, can you DM yes. for me? And I'm like, ah, let, let, me, let me look at my schedule. And I'll book you in for a one-shot. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get a one-shot in first, and then we'll see where we go from there. And, you know, every person has been so stoked and so happy. And, you know, I, again, I've had, all my, I've had tatted up people at my table who are like skinheads all the way through to like, like, one of my bosses who was a staunch feminist who used to like just have a go at me all the time it sat across from me in elf ears and a tiara and i'm just like <laughs> what is happening right now like i can't this is like this is intense to like deal with but you know i really really resonated with what you said there and and greg 
something that you mentioned, and uh, I want to just self-deprecate. People who have watched our show before know that in the past I've struggled with drug addiction, and it's something that's been an issue in my life. And playing D and D is like doing drugs. Like it mm. is. It's exactly that same. Like you, it's that same addictive. Like you're just like. I want to know more. I want this plot to never end. It's why we love binge watching TV. It's why, you know, if you play, you get a new video game, you play it for hours with your new, with your buddies, you know, when you were younger, you'd sit around and just go at it for hours because we want to absorb as much of it as possible. And I think that's something for me that I noticed almost instantly was I was like, whoa, it's like, this is really addictive. Like it's, it's, <laughs> and like, I have that personality. So I, at this point I'm, you know, a, two years in and a whole homebrew world later. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happened? And, and, you know, it, and the other thing you said that I also feel that same kind of connection with is music as well. And I fully agree with you. There's nothing more pure in my life than rolling in that 20 and hearing a guitar solo. Like those two things hit me in a place where I'm just like, Oh, like it just warms every part of me and I feel great. And, I think even further, you mentioned like at a concert, you know, when you're listening to live music, I would say, especially with things like electronic music and heavy metal, where you have mosh pits, you have, you know, big group kind of interactions where the crowd is moving and interacting with each other. It's weird. It takes you to a place that's like, that is transcendent and, and, and beautiful. So I, I couldn't agree more with anything that you guys said. And that is why anyone and everyone who you know, has the opportunity should dive into D and D because yes. it will elevate you in ways. And and, and you know, I, I mentioned I, I mentioned drugs, which can be perceived as a negative thing, which I, I fully understand. And what I want to say, you know, in particular, is that this is like a positive drug. It teaches you how to communicate better. It teaches you how to you know interact with people better. It teaches you how to love people better. How to also in touch with yourself. Like how many mm-hmm. people come out. You know, because they play, you know, a, a different gendered character in D and D, or you know, they play yeah. a different, you know, that's it's one of those things. So much of that brings out the true you, and so I, I I'm, I'm the biggest advocate at this point. Mm. I tell everyone, <laughs> I tell everyone, I'm like, yo, D and D, and they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, D and D, trust me. Um, yeah. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say before we move oh, yeah, go go your time is that is that I, I love what you said about uh, uh, how having a guitar solo and rolling in that twenty can feel very similar. But when you play a bard, you can have both those things happen at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And it is the best. It really is. (laughs) True. No, the only thing I would add is, you know, when you were saying that whether it's music, I also think perhaps I'm not a comedian, but I am intrigued by Mm. this aspect of group improv, like up on a stage, like maybe Second City. Like if they're popping off and they're really like vibing off of each other and the and the story is evolving and also the the crowd is interacting, I'm thinking that that might be some sort of related feeling as well. Um, but as far as like books or movies or games, D and D, there's no comparison. I was gonna say there's that. no comparison. Anime is maybe the closest, but even then, it's so far. It's you so far. You cannot yeah. compare D and D. It's not a fair fight. It isn't. <laughs> D and D has has the world of possibilities right. at your at your disposal every session, and you just can't have that. In a, even if it's a great book, and I love the storyline, that's fantastic. That's right. an experience, but it's completely different, and you should not even. It, it's not a comparison, really. It's a whole other thing. It's you know, as far as entertainment, mm-hmm. it's 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 in its own category that I have not yeah. 
been yeah. able to find or replicate very easily. I, what do you think passive, about this? I know it's passive entertainment versus active entertainment, I think. Yeah. That's the way I think about it, right? Great Where point. like you can certainly get something out of, you know, uh, uh, and I do, uh, watching movies and, and, and television. But like every once in a while, I'm just like, mm, I just don't want to sit on yeah. my butt right now. I want to be involved. You can't and... impact that story. That is just, yeah. it is going to be told. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, yeah. and it will end. <laughs> and that is it. Yeah. It's also yeah. with like RPG, like video game games, even if you take like things like El the Elder Scrolls series, where you have expansive worlds, deep lore, you know, amazing plots, you can't walk up to every door and open that door and go into every building and, you know, mess with whatever. You can't talk to any person you want on the street because some of them are just locked off based on, you know, like areas, you know, just game boundaries mm -hmm. where D&D, &D, you know, if your dungeon master is... You know, I, I'm not going to say good enough because that's not the correct word. But if your dungeon master <laughs> is willing enough, then you should be able to talk to any yeah. person in a bar. You should be able to walk into any door. You should be able to venture as far away from the main plot or as close to it as you wish to. And that's and that's what it should be. You know, that's the truest form of storytelling I think might exist on this planet at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The other thing we we've had this conversation a little bit on dragon talk and somebody brought this up which i hadn't thought about before but a close-ish comparison and bodhi you can probably speak to this is sports it's being part oh, of yeah. a team a because like there is like that community that you build together like you're all trying to accomplish a goal mm -hmm. you all have a different role it's that that supporting of each other and it really does feel like community like these are my people which mm. i feel like when i play D D. Also, like a little bit as you know, being a spectator of a sport, although you can't really influence the outcome of what's happening uh, yeah. in the actual game, but there is also that sense of belonging, and we all, you know, are rooting for the same team. We all want the same. We're probably wearing the same shirts and hats, and you know, out there yeah. together. But I feel like there's a little bit of uh, there can be a little bit of, of similarity between sports and your D and D party. And that's what spawned, I think, the video streaming uh, uh, RPG consuming of that type of content is like actually, I think, a little bit similar to the D and D or the sports fandom that you're talking about, Shelley. Where like people who go to see a football game uh, or yeah. match, a football match, as as you would say, um, <laughs> uh, you know, right? Like they're not, they're not, they're not actively doing it, but they're rooting for their people. They want them to succeed, yes. they, and the, yeah. and the and the failures are 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 balanced with the with hopefully you know the successes and things like that. And I think that's what people are doing when they're watching Dimension yeah. Twenty or or Critical Role. Like they they feel that kind of like fandom. Them and they want to you know, have have their favorites succeed or you know see the interactions between them happen and i think it's it is very similar to to uh you know sports fandom in that regard sorry but you guys were going to say stuff can, can i ask you a question because so tom tom has been a uh, was a professional basketball coach for many many years um oh. and i i i was a player for tom at one point he coached mm -hmm. one of my teams at one point as well as just a sidekick did you ever get like dungeon master vibes when you were a coach like you know we <laughs> we, we reference how you know playing on a team is like you know being yeah. you know be being the players do, do you get dnd like do you get dungeon master vibes from being a well, coach sometimes I, so I, I don't know about dungeon because i'm not I, i've only been a dungeon master i've, I've tried it once and it's it's just uh, i'd rather be a a player i'd rather kind of get into role playing that's kind of my vibe in in dnd but what i would say is there are qualities of dnd play and there are qualities of experience in sports so if you have a team that is really connected that is you know you can you can actually know what that player is going to do just by looking at them um, you're one step ahead of 
of the situation. And I think that's, that's a similar experience that you have in D&D, where if the dungeon master is creating a world for you, where it, and the players on the table are, are like you said, you know, sort of assisting each other and, and collaborating, <laughs> there is that vibe that is very similar. Now, here's my first seamless transition. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, I love if, it. If, if there are qualities, uh, I was just looking at your guest list and as far as qual- building a quality world in the dungeon in the Dungeons and Dragons sort of platform, you have you know the Mount Rushmore of of DMs that have that have graced your microphones as guests, and I think Bodie Bodie mentioned it at the beginning. Um, you know that that help, heart palpitation moment. <laughs> I, know, I know some of you you know. You know, if you're bumping into Chris Perkins at the coffee machine every other day, maybe it doesn't happen as much. But from our <laughs> position, Chris Perkins started it all for us. Like yeah. legitimately started it all for us. Acquisitions Inc. was Acquisitions the first thing we, was we like, watched and we dove into because of Acquisitions It was over Inc. after that. Like, <clears throat> it, you know, that table, what they did, it was, that was, you know, they're the OGs for sure for us. But for you, what was, or what is, when you think about their their accomplishments, yeah, or, or just like that heart palpitating moment of guests that you've had on your Dragon Talk. Um, what were a couple of yours that you really remember that experience, that feeling? Well, the funny thing is, is that the Actions Incorporated was super important for, for us as well, because it was also where the Dragon Talk feed started. Uh, the RSS feed for, for our podcast was the same one that uh, uh, Perkins was okay. on. Uh, you know, back in 2008 when he first played with those folks. And so when we kind of were uh, doing the rebrand, because it used to be called just the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, it didn't have a name other than that. Uh, and so we did a little bit of rebranding and kind of looking at what was on that feed. I, I was able to go back and listen to those first episodes. And I was like, oh, wait, what? this is where it started? That And it morphed into more of an interview show that sometimes the, the designers uh, were doing to talk about uh, their ideas and, and mechanics and things like that. And and soon the marketing team kind of took it over and we're, we're uh, Shelly and, and, and uh, Bart Carroll were figuring out how to, how to transition into more of what it is now, uh, which is, you know, the weekly interview show. Um, but yeah, it all started from there. And, and to your, uh, you know, specific question, um, there were tons of people that we talked to that we were actually just surprised that they said yes uh early yeah. on um i think i think the one for me was joe manganello uh being able to mm-hmm. speak to him um he, he was lucky enough to be in the office so he actually we, we were in person and he's a much taller person than you might think <laughs> uh uh at least i was like oh yeah no i see him oh, yeah. not that much bigger than anybody you see on tv and then you see him in person and you're like oh you're like a foot and you know <laughs> inches, inches taller uh, and wider uh than all of us in the right places not me which is mostly in the, in the, in the midriff area where i'm wider um his I shoulders were quite brother. broad we're, we're all there brother it's yeah. <laughs> so good um you know and then i i, I had to uh research his name how to say his name because i didn't want to say it wrong you know and and uh luckily there's a lot of videos of of him teaching people how to say his name like <laughs> how to practice manganello manganello over and over and again to get it right um but he was he was adorable and wonderful and just like a really great guest and i think he put us at ease more than anything else um one of my funniest funniest parts was, was when we were also doing uh it on camera we were just started doing more more twitch stuff um and he was wearing a hat uh that had like a, a, a brim all the way around and we're like oh yeah but you gotta have headphones on and we had you know the headphones that we're wearing here we didn't have um earbuds at the time 
And uh, he was like, how do I do this without taking off my hat? He didn't want to take off his hat in order to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, be be seen on camera with uh, with his hair not looking as as awesome as it could be, and so he ended up like putting it behind uh, and all that stuff. But I just once those and those were before we started, you know, mm. recording uh, some of those moments, and I think that kind of put me at ease a little bit to be like, oh yeah, no, he's just a person, just like anybody else is. He's got the same, you know, foibles and things that everyone else is. Uh, I don't know, Shelly, what do you think? I, I know you were also very nervous to uh, oh, talk to Joe, terrified to talk to Joe. I was also terrified to. Um send him the essay that I wrote about him in our book <laughs> welcome to dragon talk because I kind of like don't want him just to like discover I wrote about him and like and then he's like angry at wizard like why would you let her write this about me like my, my beefy biceps or whatever I think I actually <laughs> used the word like beefy bicep uh, I mean, how else are you going to describe them let's be real that's the, 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 I mean hey it's my experience okay <laughs> my truth so I, I sent him that essay and he like, responded right away and he was like, I love it. It's so cool. Just a, a correction, though. Like, it was actually this town in Maine that I learned how to play or like or like it was my aunt, not my cousin that I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, wonderful. And then he started giving me more details. He was like, do you want to write about how I contributed to descent into Avernus because I did and like oh in that time that you're mentioning when I was in the the office I was actually there to talk about whatever I'm like oh, mm. oh okay sure <laughs> and then he ended up giving us even like a nice blurb to put on the book where he he refers to us as Regis and Kathy Lee so I mean that's I did see that quote that's, that's, a, great quote. Yeah. that's yeah. a great quote yeah, so he he was he actually is just as nerdy as anyone when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. But my I I still get like a little clammy when I think about another guest that I was really nervous to talk about or talk to you, and that's Emily Axford, who is an actress and from the uh, not her. another D and D podcast. Yeah. But we actually interviewed Brian Murphy first. Yeah, and I was trying to play it cool because I'm like I'm not as like like nervous to talk to him but knowing that he was married to emily because i was just a huge fan of, of her work and then at the end of the podcast i mentioned something like i'm a really big fan of emily and he goes oh she's right here and i was like oh oh no <laughs> <laughs> don't tell her but then he she ended up agreeing to be on dragon talk oh i was so nervous if we could have had alcohol in the office i definitely would have <laughs> had to have a few drinks before take that. the edge off yeah it's like i don't want her to think i'm such a nerd but i also don't want her to not be as cool as i think she is in real life mm. she totally is and she was so nice and she was just so friendly and so funny and we that ended up being one of my favorite dragon talk interviews of all time and it's just really proves the fact that D, &D is a great equalizer that mm. no matter who you are you can talk to anybody about this game because everybody's just genuinely excited to share their D, D experiences and then mm -hmm. like they can go back to making blockbuster movies and you can go back to your desk and send an email or make a powerpoint <laughs> whatever um but yeah dnd just levels the playing field for all of us I love that in that interview too, she kind of tricked you into dungeon mastering uh, live on microphone. And it was like the best thing ever. Cause it, that was in the throes of when you were like, I don't know if I can like, you know, oh, yeah, you, Tom, where you're like, I don't know if dungeon mastering is my thing. I just want to be a player. And I was like, no, you can do it. It's just that easy. And she, she made you do it. I think that might've been the first 
like was. kind of chink in the armor of like, oh no, maybe I can do this. This here it is. He did. That's a pretty huge first. Let's let's let, <laughs> let, let's let's all be real right now. DMing for every Axford in a podcast. That's 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 a pretty good <laughs> first. Like as far as stories to die half. on. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that long, but it was like, oh god, like I can't say. And she even and I truly believe that she was like, you can DM for me anytime. I'll be a player. And I truly believe that if I said, mm. okay, Emily, I'm gonna do a game. Will you please be in it? I feel like she would have said, yeah, totally, I'm in. But that's yes, and. Yes, and too too intimidated. That's that's some that's some real good improv right there. That, 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 that right there is beautiful. Um, I, do you know what? I I think that's it, it's such an interesting point of like because we've we've had a couple of people as well where we've been like oh my god and actually a lot of them have actually been outside of the D and D space which is which mm. has been really really weird for us in terms of we've had you know a couple of UFC fighters which has been wild and some oh, like skateboarders nice. and stuff like that and it's been. One of those ones, like you said, where a lot of those people, you, the moment you talk to them, you're like, whoa, like it, that, n- those nerves carry over until like the first, like maybe five minutes are gone. And then you're like, mm. oh, this is just, it's a normal podcast. You're a normal person. Mm. I- I'm doing just as good as I hoped I would, or, you know, or, you know, <laughs> at least I'm maintaining my decorum for the moment, you know, and, <laughs> and things like that. So I, I think that's awesome. And Obviously, you know, want to ask you, you know, obviously Emily's incredible and, you know, are, are you a big Dimension 20 fan yourself and, and you know, all, all the stuff that they've done as well as also, you know, um, the podcast that her and Brian do, or are you big fans of all of that kind of c- conducive work? Is that one that you regularly watch, Shelley, or is that, or are they not your staples? They're, I love all of the work that they do and I will tune in when I can, but like time is limited and the, really course, like the yeah. podcasts that I listen to are usually recapping um, The Bachelor or Real Housewives. <laughs> I said oh. what I said. I said oh. what I said. Oh, you, you, just said, you, you just entered a dangerous territory because I just finished Too Hot to what? Handle the other day on Netflix oh. and I've been, I'm, really? I'm, I'm, I'm the reality TV person in my, in my relationship. It's slippery great, slope yeah. right into the bachelor oh, you, oh, you disappear yeah yeah <laughs> i used to oh my god what what was the love one? island love island uk come on love ah uh, and also what was the what was the one back in the day it was a uh, like geeks uh, beauty and the geek that beauty was one that geek. i used to love as well oh, yes you know, back in the day see I got, all, I got all kinds of facets to my personality. It's oh, crazy. It's crazy. crazy. You can host here. a podcast about anything. <laughs> Greg, Greg, should you and I just go have a drink? And let them I know, exactly. I was like, uh, so, Greg loves reality TV. Can we talk about how it's it's, it. it's bad for humanity and it actually is uh, uh, <laughs> a net negative on the world? dare you. I do believe what Christina Ariel is an excellent example of somebody who can blend both of those worlds. And when her and I get talking about reality TV, we come up with some amazing story hooks. And also (laughs) reality, reality TV villains make excellent NPCs. Just saying. That's a great shout. Not to mention as well, it's a beautiful social experiment to just watch us humans doing things that you just never get get to see us do in like any other situation. Like we're such strange beings and social creatures. It's so weird. It really is. Can I offer you the counterpoint for anyone in the audience that might be... (laughs) Wanting a counterpoint? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Okay, well, maybe just hit mute for a second. And then, uh... Uh, yeah. Preach, <laughs> um, please, please. Here's, here's, here's how, what I cannot get my head around. You've got like Bear Grylls out in the, like, in the forest, and he says, I, you know, I have, all I've had is a slice of bread for the last day and a half, and, and I'm just surviving on this 
thimble full of water. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, there's a cameraman right there. Right. He's right there. There's lighting here. There's like there's, there's a, a boom a, guy. There's a support team. Like, and I I cannot get around that often with reality. I always like think about okay. It kind of feels real, but there's a crew there, and there's lighting, and they want to take out shadows, and they want to make sure your sound is good, and they want, and I, I, that's the bit that hurts me a little. But bit. they're not feeding him, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. they totally are. Unless yeah. he really, really is starving, and then I bet they would. <laughs> Part of me, as someone who, who loves storytelling and loves writing, I'm like, I'd much rather just write, write uh, watch something that has craft and intention. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't it, believe right. the the reality. It's not real in any way. It's just but put upon. Isn't that storytelling too, though? That they are a little bit produced. Yeah, but and they it's, are coming it's up just with poor storyline. storytelling. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, this person is just doing this because they think it's funny Listen, and it's going to get a laugh. We did not I'd rather just podcast. actually have people do that. We didn't want to be the podcast that broke up Dragon Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is well covered territory. This is our last. Podcast. This is actually no. the really the only thing that we very truly disagree we do. on, yeah. uh, but and this, it, it, this it is actually, fun for us to 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 this, banter about it. This I is just real came banter up with something it. that yeah. Bodie, you have just maybe given me a little bit of ammunition on why and on, on like making more connections between D and D and reality TV is mm -hmm. you're saying that you can see people doing things that you wouldn't mm -hmm. normally see them doing and. With D and D, a lot of when I play a character, I am absolutely playing against who I am in real life because mm. I don't get to do those things in real life. I find great pleasure in not thinking about my actions. I love playing impetuous characters that are just like, I'm gonna just be mean to this person. Don't care. I'm mm. gonna like, I'm gonna wreck their little statue garden here and just destroy it. And I'm going to just, I am i don't care. I, it, it's what I feel like I want to do. And in real life, I'm always so like deliberate and thoughtful and like controlled. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I just, D&D gives me that space to explore what does it feel like to be a little bit chaotic. And I kind of feel like reality TV might also unleash that in me because I am seeing people in scenarios that I would never do. Like I am not inviting a friend to a restaurant so I can scream at her for 12 minutes and then throw <laughs> my wine in her face. Like I would not do that. But in some- Really? Like, I, I thought that was I, like your Tuesday. Is that not your Tuesday? <laughs> I wouldn't waste the wine, Bodie. <laughs> good point. That's a no, good point. No, we drink the point. wine. But I wonder if it's not something like, don't, don't think I haven't thought about throwing a glass of wine in somebody's face. I just won't do it. So maybe there mm. is something about watching people behave in a way that like cathartic. Secret, yeah. Like we can't do that in real life, but wow. It's sort of entertaining to see people doing it. And also with D and D, like there is like a safe space. Like I'm watching, like I will not be impacted. I will not feel drops of Chardonnay on my own face watching the wine get spilled. So it is kind of like a safe area too. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to explore that more. No, I, I, you know what? I'm going to take to that. Yeah, it, exactly. I, 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 I think so someone, here's another analogy. Um, okay. I, so we like uh, UFC and other mixed martial arts, which are very, very competitive and very real. And I, I used to, well, I, I still haven't watched it, but I got a, an argument against my deep opposition to world wrestling federation wrestling. Because I was just like, it's fake. It's why, 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 why? And then this person said, dude, it's storytelling. They are talented. 
There, yes. there, there's an arc to each character. There's a, there's a villain. There's a baby face. There's, you know, and, and I was like, holy shit, you know what? It is kind of like theater. And I think to your point, Shelley, it's like, like, it's like watching a movie. All of a movie is choreographed the same way wrestling is. Just because would, you love watching Captain America kiss, kick Thanos' ass doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy, you know, Triple H or whatever they yeah. name any of that. That's, he's, I think he's like 70 at this point. <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, here's here's, here's the, the reach to reality TV. My wife right now is watching The Mole. Oh, it's so good. Well, no, no. Oh, it's it's so good. good. Oh, it's so good. I'm I'm already... I'm I'm, I'm catching up on the episodes tonight. That's what I'm finishing tonight. Bo, do you want to start a podcast together? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I do. It just happened. Um, Yeah, so my wife Tracy's watching The Mole, and I watched the first episode with her, as as, you you do to participate in, in, you know, in in couple, like, you know... (laughs) Couple compromise. Right. <laughs> so I'm watching it and I'm just poking holes in it in my head. And then okay, after the episode, good. I think we watched two actually. After the second episode, I was like, you know what? Feel free to just, you know, watch as you can and I'll pick up as we go, lightly saying, I'm out. You know, oh, I've had that's enough. A, yes, that's nice. But but to your point, the producers of the mole are like DMs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. They they are pulling the strings, however orchestrated or they're railroading in certain how, ways. They're however not in scripted other ways. or organic it is. That's a good point. They're yes. putting out a a they're presenting a story, and so I think that's what that's what I'm getting now from reality TV that I've never really touched connected the dots because I've never gotten around a lot of the stuff that just annoys me. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is a story. It's storytelling. It and, is. It's and, a different medium. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think, Greg? Are you gonna? You gonna? <laughs> Greg, Greg's like, Greg's like, no. like dead in the eyes, Greg. Greg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Okay. I've heard these arguments before. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, it's and then why I say it's a net negative is because it is storytelling. It's just storytelling that seems to elevate the worst in people mm. every single time. It's okay. not about to me. Like, there's no uplifting stories in reality. There's no people who are like, wow, I'm actually going to do some good in the world. It always seems to skew towards assholes or people who are mean and disrespectful to each other. And I, that's the part that, that, that kills me. I'm like, I don't like watching that. I'd sometimes like watching characters be like that in movies and television. Most of the time they have a resolution. They get better. They learn that they're bad. These people are rewarded for being bad. They are told to be bad (laughs) in this weird reality world. They're encouraged to be bad. They're actually play acting as evil people. And I find that kind of gross. I don't like it. It makes me feel gross. (laughs) By consuming it. And everyone who does consume it is also evil. Just throwing it Just as a little listen, that was just a little aside. That's the clip. Let's that's the clip we're promoting with. Let's, that's the clip right there. Perhaps chaotic evil. So I mean that's they, wow. we'll bring it back to just, D&D a little bit there. Wow. <laughs> you, you, you know what? Here's my first seamless transition. Hear me out. Okay. Yeah, get, us, get us out of this. Get us out here, of this. Here, here we go. Here we go. So with you know all this amazing content that you guys have compiled over the years, it's you know hours and hours and hours and hours of content that you guys have compiled. Very similar to the hours and hours of reality TV that me <laughs> and Shelly binge. Um, there you go. There's the right transition. There. Um, I like it. I like it. I want to know what led to you guys. You know, you you've, you continue to do the podcast. You, you're having all these incredible guests. You're putting out amazing content. 
What pushed you guys to be like, you know what, we need to put this into something that people can hold, that they can read. These conversations are important to people. And, you know, it, it's something that deserves to be out there in the public in, in another medium and maybe a more, uh, I wouldn't say more digestible because I don't feel like it's more digestible for certain people, but maybe a way that's more condensed or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. What led you guys to make the decision? Uh, to write the book with the longest title I've ever seen in history. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Shelly in both cats. It's all Shelly. I, I literally, I can't write a book without a long subtitle. Let do that. Do the subtitles do the heavy lifting. That is basically our elevator pitch right there. I, I, did, honestly, I did enjoy reading your bio and seeing the different names of your books and being like, okay, there's a trend here. I see. It's oh like a haiku. God, it's we're, we're, we're it's a poem. Still going. <laughs> yes. Sorry, continue. Um... I really wish we we thought of this idea. I really do because now that it's it, it exists, I can see that it's it it's important. But mm -hmm. it was I was actually approached by an editor at University mm -hmm. of Iowa Press, who is a Dragon Talk listener and had read my previous books and said, "Hey, I I think there's a story here. Would love to explore doing a book about Dragon Talk." And in her mind, she was thinking like uh behind the scenes the creative process of how we put together this uh, podcast about this huge fandom that is D, D. and i thought well at first i was like that's spam so i'm just not gonna respond to this email <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for like two weeks and then i i googled her i'm like oh she's real okay well sure i'll write back to her and i obviously was very uh intrigued by the idea but it seemed like the real story there was the guests were the, the mm. people that look the community that we get to talk to. So um, obviously doing anything about dragon talk feels like it's Greg and I like, mm -hmm. let's like we Greg is instrumental in why dragon talk exists, why dragon talk has a name, why dragon talk comes out on a weekly basis instead of <laughs> when we feel like it, like it's, <laughs> Greg made it a real podcast. And also like Greg was really the one that got, had the vision of what Dragon Talk could and should be. And that was about elevating this community and bringing attention to the work that people are doing and really showing that anyone can and should play Dungeons and Dragons, that there are people from all different mediums, people from the, the world of entertainment, the people who use D&D in everyday part of their job. They're creating content around D&D or people who are doing something totally different, but say, I got here because of D&D. There's so many cool stories to tell. So Greg and I worked on a, a book proposal for what we we felt like the book should be about. And yeah, we, we talk about Dragon Talk's origin story and, and Greg writes an amazing first chapter about the history of Dungeons and Dragons too. And which I think is really important in framing the rest of the book. And, and that's, that's how that, that was the, that what the editor, she also saw that vision was like, yeah, I, you know, this, this feels right. Let's focus on mm -hmm. the community. And then Greg and I thought about well, now, okay, great. <laughs> so now we have to write this. And now there's over <laughs> like almost 300 interviews. How are we going to narrow it down to, mm -hmm. you know, 29 or 30? And we we came up with our list of of interviews that really were like just bubbled to the top immediately. Like this is this person really inspired me in some way, or I was really deeply impacted by what this person said. And we had a, a list that 
actually didn't even have that many crossovers, which was really mm-hmm. weird because we were mm-hmm. thinking like, we're, we're just going to want to write about the same people. And no, nope, mm-hmm. we didn't. Like there was not to say that they weren't all inspiring in their own way, but they just really they connected with us differently. And in in some ways, like I was reading Greg's half of the proposal. I'm like, wow, really? I had no idea that Greg was so moved by mm. you know what happened here. Clearly we both have a type as well. Like I get really excited <laughs> about like people who use D and their um, therapeutic practice or people who are like, teaching kids how to play. And Greg really loves the performers who are inspired by D D as well. So definitely we saw, we, we definitely saw like, oh yeah, this one's definitely got your name written all over it. But um, yeah, I feel like it's, I'm glad were the we words, did it. Were the words bulky biceps in there anywhere? Beefy. I was like, beefy, I want to write beefy, about beefy biceps. Beefy biceps. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Greg could, could have pulled that off as well. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, it is, what it's turned out to be is really a love letter to the Dungeons and Dragons community and that it was our goal to not just, you know, entertain people with some of, of of these, the stories that we've encountered through the seven years of doing this podcast, but really to show people that this game is for everyone and that this Mm. game really does make a lasting impression on people in a positive way. And that hopefully if, if you haven't, you know, found yourself in a, a D&D game, or if you don't know that much about D&D, after reading this book, hopefully you'll see that D&D is actually for you as well, and that there's space in this community for everyone. Wow. Wow. Uh, like, I just want to say that that was, that was beautifully put, so eloquent. And, oh. and I think... Oh, thank I think, you. No, of course. And, and I think, you know, so much of what you said, I, I love what you said about this being a love letter, you know, to the community. And I think, you know, with with Greg writing about the history of D&D, you know, it, it feels like that. You know, it feels like, you know, you're you're really giving us something that is, you know, a, a deeper insight into, you know, one, people that we love, things that, you know, means a lot to many people in this community. And like, like you said, and I, I would say, actually, in a lot of cases, your guy's type um, is very much, I think, a lot of other people's type as well. Like, <laughs> A lot of people do this for, you know, like you said, therapeutic stuff, whether it be, you know, for children at schools, you know, after school activities, whether it be, you know, in a mental health hospital, whether it be, you know, to cheer up a friend who's, you know, having a bad week or, you know, whatever it might be, that's a super, super common one. And then I think on Greg's side, so many people like, look, as as far as I go as a person and what I would like to achieve in life after rediscovering D&D and getting to the point where I am. I would like to, and I, I'm one of those, Tom, Tom gave me this from, for, in, in, in the personality that we share. Um, <laughs> he, gave me, he gave me drive and passion for things. Like my mother mm. is like the chaos and fun, and Tom is like <laughs> my drive and the ability to want to achieve and want to be successful and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I want to be the best dungeon master in the world. By the time I die, I want to look back and say, I'm the best. I did it. I'm the Kobe Bryant. I'm the, you know, the Michael Jordan, whatever. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want to be able to look back and be like, I did it. And I think for me, loving the performers, watching Brennan Lee Mulligan, you know, watching Matt Mercer, watching Chris Perkins, you know, watching Abria, watching, you know, any of these incredible dungeon masters do their craft. There's never a moment where I'm going, oh man, I, 
I got that on lock, you know, because I'm constantly learning from them. And, you know, they all have 30 years on me at this point as DMs, you know. And so I just, I, I sit very much on the side of, I, I, I do it for therapy for a lot of people. Like I said, I have a lot of new players come in and mm-hmm. I do it for like that kind of thing of like for my friends and to help friends out and to do that kind of thing. But I also get that side where every time I DM, I'm thinking about what can I do better? How can I be better? And how can I look at what other people are doing? Who's a new podcast that I can absorb and see a new DM style that I've never seen before and learn something you know different from that? And I think it, it feels like the community is very much in those. Kind of, I would say there's a third space of just pure fun chaos, but you know that's that's <laughs> that you know that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but that's totally the, yeah. Well, and I think along those lines, along those like wanting to kind of make your mark, uh, I don't think this was an intention when we were putting together the book proposal or even writing uh, for most of it. But looking back on it now, I think that this book is in some ways a record of this amazing period in Dungeons and Dragons uh, the growth, yeah. the the, the change yeah. that has happened. I mean, because again, 2015 was only seven years ago. It's when I started at Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I've said this in a bunch of interviews, so apologies for people who have said this, heard this many times before, but I started the same week that Critical Role aired for the first time on Twitch. And yeah. that was a sea change of that whole entire fandom, right? Like that, the fact that people could watch um, others play Dungeons and Dragons as readily and listen to them on podcasts. Like it just blew up um, after that in 2015 and it changed everything. And it mm. was this really big growth moment with the community. And so I'm really happy to that this book is in some ways a record of that. It's in some ways of looking at, at all the different people who have been it, you know, some of, some of them for decades, but some of them who have also just come in into it in the last few years, you know, like you guys and uh, witnessing that and showing what we did on the D&D brand a little bit. There's a little bit of inside baseball about like how we encouraged this growth and, 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 and continue moving forward as well as all the people um, that we speak to that that came into it and and felt that they found their people from way different backgrounds and and that mm-hmm. one of the the underlying tenets of of you know if you're not getting it from all of us we all have different interests we all have things that are not just D and D and you that's that's good you know that is what makes this community have all of its strengths that's why all of the different breadth of the essays in here of the guests that we we go into. Um, just speak to the to the strength of this community and how it's important is because it comes from so many different backgrounds and um i'm just happy to be able to have this this book and be like yeah no this 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 is a record of 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 this time and of this growth it's really kind of cool so what you're basically saying is that when the nuclear apocalypse happens (laughs) you want some lucky child to pick up your book and receive radiation poisoning from the beautiful (laughs) book (laughs) yes that's that's the one and I, I also, I just want to clarify as well, just so you guys don't think I'm crazy. I also understand that there is no best DM out there as well. Like, it, that's just a weird, <laughs> sick thing in my head that, that, that I have to fulfill for myself. Um, but, you know, we, we're all so different and everyone's got such mm. unique styles that I think that's also important. You know, you every DM is just, you know, as good as another. It's just style differences. It's, you know, 
tone of how you play, your preferred method of play, all that kind of stuff. So I, I took know, what you said as the best that you can be, like the best yes, GM yes, that yes. you can be and out you, there, right? Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad it. you didn't see me as an asshole. <laughs> I, I, I took it. I was like, like you this guy's a to, dick. That you were like, I'm <laughs> going to take down Chris Parkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. I'm going to find him. I'm going to knock on his door. <laughs> he, no, Chris. He also, <laughs> dude. he also has has martial arts training, so you need to be careful. Oh. <laughs> and or spar with him immediately. And he he may actually be a real live wizard. We are not sure yet. But dude, let's let's be real. If there's ever going to be someone, he's going to be the one that'd be like him, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart. Let's let's just let's get this out onto the table. Oh, guys. he would let's love that. Out the table. Do you know what I mean? Christopher yeah. Lee when he was alive, but you know, only so yeah, much. Well, I mean, he's still point. with us somewhere, right? Christopher yeah, Lee didn't actually die. He's still uh, just ascended to a different plane, right? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? Sorry. No, no. I I think just circling all the way back to sort of the beginning of this conversation. When we're talking about what the what are what is the thing and it sounds yeah. like the book is a way to to try to capture that in different ways from different people mm. and different perspectives and that's I, I, I was just thinking like the penny dropped for me just now like you've got a book that has information interesting conversations about people that we really really aspire to know more about mm -hmm. you know so you know we've just named a few of them, but like that's that's actually really and the list like, is crazy. And it was the, the it like it was crazy. under your nose for all that time, and I'm sure the penny dropped for me, for you guys at one moment at some point. And you were like, "Holy shit! Like we do have a really cool story that we can share. But, you know, we can we can curate this information and present it in a way that it's it, it is it's desirable for people that really admire these people. Do you know what I think mm -hmm. is an important yeah. question that I want to ask you guys, because we have been dreaming that someone at some point down the line will ask us this question when we're as worldly successful as you guys possibly. <laughs> um, it, we, we would love to hear, you know, because we, we talk about every day, we're like, man, there, there's not an easy day at home, you and the dude. You know, we're every hurdle that could be in front of us <laughs> is right there in front of us, and we're hitting them, you know. So I wanted to ask, you know, what have been some of the struggles to get you guys to this point? What, what have been some of the things that you guys have overcome, whether it be, you know, life, work, you know, this podcast, you know, your guys' relationship? What would have been some things that have got you to this point, you know, in this, you know, got us to this love letter where you have captured that feeling about what D&D &D is in this, you know, amazing book? What, hmm. what have been some stuff that you guys have encountered throughout the years? Do you have something, Shelley? I, so... A lot of times, and I think this is true with any creative endeavor that you put out there, you work hard on something and you don't know what, who's consuming it or what it means to people, or if anyone even finds it, you know, like mm. Dragon Talk takes, like we have day jobs and this is like, you know, we're lucky enough to get to do this, but there were, have always been times more like, is it, is anyone even like listening to this thing? Like it, it does like, you don't know. And yeah. then like, well, like hear from like one person that's like, hey, I just want to let you know, I really love Dragon Talk. Thanks. Bye. Like on the send us a, an email on the, on our Dragon Talk email. And we're like, oh, my God, really? You do? OK, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing this. But it's like there are those highs and lows with anything that you put a lot of your love and your passion and your energy into. And it's you're just there's always going to be those moments where you're like, is it worth it? Should I keep going? And I think for us, it became really obvious that, yes, we should 
keep going because Mm -hmm. it's important not just to us, but it's important to not just the people that we get to talk to on the show, but it's important for the community. It's important for people to get a chance to hear from the creators that they're, they haven't discovered yet or creators that they do love and follow and want to hear more about and important for people who are like, Hey, like I also make maps. Like maybe one day I'm going to, you know, be on dragon talk or I'm going to mm. put my map in an official D and D book or something like it's just it makes it I think it just you know it makes it more accessible to a lot of people and there's I mean there's a million reasons why we want to keep this going but I think also it we were so heads down writing the book and then like the book and then it goes away and then it's like you don't hear from Mm. any because publishing Mm. moves like like at a snail's Mm. pace so the book's gone it's edited and we'll maybe they'll all right, hopefully our editor will email us again one day. And yeah, and now now we're back to like, hey, your book's actually getting printed. There's a hard copy in the world. And I don't feel like it was as obvious to, and Greg speak to this too, of course, but for me, like how excited I am for this book to come out since we've started talking about the book. And now I'm like, God, like, yes, like this book is like, we have an amazing community here like amazing people play and love dungeons and dragons and going back to what you said tom about the thing you're you're like you're right the thing is different for people like there is a thing but it 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 does mean something different to different people and i think that this book captures that too yeah and so i'm really like more excited than ever just about introducing dungeons and dragons in a new way to to so many people or i hope i hope at least a few people but yeah nah, that's all what, what about you greg anything that you felt you know was a hurdle that you know on your end that was uh something you had to deal with or creative things as shelly mentioned well there's i mean there's always behind the scenes creative uh, <laughs> uh pitfalls you know whatever uh as as you're making anything um so there's a lot of that but i think what really drew me to uh one particular answer about your question was the essay i have written about um the conversations we've had with b dave walters over the years Mm -hmm. i think we've had him on three times um and uh in it he talks about being a fighter mage thief he loves being the the type of uh, you know class that uh takes a long time to level up uh Mm -hmm. you you know he he, and that's echoed in his story where like you know he's He's much older than he than he appears, uh, and has you know been working towards you know kind of the amount of um, uh, notoriety and uh, awesomeness that he has within the D and D community right now. But it you know it didn't didn't start that way, and he, we had him on around when the pandemic started. I think it was uh, March or April 2020, um, mm-hmm. and we kept going. We we transitioned pretty quickly. I think we maybe took one week, maybe two weeks off from recording dragon talk episodes we had it we did it in the studio at work at the office and then once that all shut down we shifted to the the physical locations that we're all right now talking to you right now and and moved yeah. our equipment here so that we could uh both stream and do uh uh the live recording of the podcast uh from our homes and we had b dave on and he genuinely thanked us he was like thank you for continuing to make this content while you know, yeah. everything else is a hellfire of a vernus around <laughs> us uh, in, in everything that's going in the pandemic. And I, I needed to hear that at that moment. I needed, cause I was, 
oh, should we even keep doing this? Like, there's so many more yeah. important things in the world that are going on. Like, who cares about this? You know, at the time I was thinking silly podcast where people are talking about Dungeons and Dragons, like let's, you know, maybe, maybe we should take a longer hiatus here. And he was the one who said like, no, I think it's important to keep a sense of normalcy, to keep mm -hmm. fandoms going, to keep things that aren't on fire in people's minds to have, you know, uh, something to look forward to. I don't want to go too Lord of the Rings on this, but like, no, no, that's what we're fighting for. But like, in some <laughs> ways he kind of, he kind of coalesced that for us and, and inspired at least me to be like, okay, yeah, no, what, what we are doing is important. And it is meaningful to not only the guests that we have on, but to the, but to the audience and the community out there. And so that's why I think, uh, B Dave is actually not just a fighter mage thief. He is a fighter mage thief cleric. Uh, because he, uh, you know, almost gave us that kind of spiritual guidance that we needed at the right moment, at the right time to to kind of lift us up, um, which has been also a big part of this. It's like we like to lift up the people from the community and make it happen. And I think that was not our intention when we started. We didn't like, you know, have that as a as a bullet point on the whiteboard. We're like we're going to lift up people, but that came organically throughout it. Is is we see ourselves as caretakers and stewards uh, and this little part of the D and D community and and wanting to highlight. The amazing things that people are doing and that is important and so that was a challenge at first to be like do we want to keep doing this and then yeah, yeah we were like yeah we do because it is it, it has all of the 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 things that we've been talking about why dungeon dragon so important to so many people um this podcast is a big part of you know making sure everyone feels that too uh, going forward and so even if, you, if whether you're doing it online or having uh, a DD game that's that's public or you're just doing it for you know, your private community it could even just be in your family or just a one on one game like you're doing amazing stuff in keeping uh, uh, the storytelling of of your Dungeons and Dragons sessions going. And so I just want to make sure everybody out there knows that. Cool. That's it. Nice. Thank you both for for those very eloquent responses. And I, I just want to well, my little heart is <laughs> right now. it's growing three sizes. <laughs> well, it, here, that is the point. That is the point. So, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that D&D &D in itself, as it sits, is a spectacular, wonderful thing. But I think you two as messengers are pretty cool, are pretty cool. And, and the audience that you're inspiring, uh, your community, well, I would say that we just today, just now, I know from, for me, you know, we're in the wilderness that you have spoken of. Um, and we have had little moments of, of confirmation to keep moving forward. But your words are definitely like, they, they resonate for us. Yeah, 100%. And also, I, I just wanted to say this as well, like, <clears throat> Shelley, like, just, just to you personally, like, so, sorry, sorry, Greg, for, for, for this. <laughs> this. This is the, the reality show. This is the reality show. television let's, connections let's, let's talking let's right here. Got, got you. It's, it's actually more just, I, I've met um, a lot of dudes that play D D, a, lo a lot of guys a lot, a lot of people who uh, identify as as men play D D. it seems and for me it's so awesome to have such a leader in this community be yourself shelly and be you know someone who represents you know a, a group of people that sometimes within the ttrpg space don't always get represented as much and you know, it's why I love, you know, Abria Iyengar and what she does. Why I think she is one of the greatest dungeon masters to ever touch this planet. She's unfreaking believable. Mm. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think we need more of that. And I, I, I specifically think, you know, I'm not sure how many people out there, I feel like, you know, we try and tell people, you know, we're all about family. And, you know, you can do it with your family. You can spend time with your family. You can do it with your friends, you know, that kind of thing. 
But I think, you know, for for young women, you know, uh, young, you know, non-binary, all, all these kinds of groups of people out there that don't always have those strong role models that we as, especially us as white men, even more so have, you know, I just love it. And I think the way that you just spoke about, you know, the, this book and how you feel about the community and whatnot, there's not enough women out there and, and people out there doing that. And I, I really, really just wanted to say, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I think so many young people need to read your book. They need to hear that and they need to know, you know, like you said, that this is the safest space. We are the yeah. safest space. And I've, I, you know, I've been on Twitter for years now and, and <laughs> I've never been in a community where everyone's like, great job. You know, awesome. <laughs> you know it's, it's always like your art sucks, man. And you're like, Oh, and so it's, it's nice to be in this community that loves each other and supports each other. And I think we need more, more of that. And, and, and I just really appreciate what both of you said. It was, it was gnarly to actually hear that in person. I must admit it's, it, it's pr pretty great to, you know, see leaders of our community as yourselves being as passionate, you know, driving this forward and just being amazing people because it does inspire, you know, jabronis like us to to, you know, to, 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 to to pick up a mic and 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 you know and and maybe play a game of D and D live or or even just you know talk to people like yourself. And so, you know, That's without great. people like you, we don't get to this place, and other people don't get to you know where we were and where you guys were when it all started. And so, I I just hope that everyone who listens to this not only gets excited about D and D. But also, if you are interested in creating stuff, in writing a book, yes. having a podcast, you know, making an actual play series, whatever you're, you know, go for it. You'd be surprised how much fun it can be, how much work it will be, but also how much, how fulfilling it is in some weird way as well to, to be able to contribute to this community and be a part of it in a way that isn't you know just you know quietly with family and friends at home it's 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 a really fun space to join in you know you you start rubbing shoulders with incredible people like we've done today and we feel so honored to have been able to be able to chat to you guys today um you know it's it's one of those things we've been we've been looking at you from afar for a while and have been like <laughs> One day, we're coming for that. Coming for you guys. We're gonna come and uh, awesome. come and knock fully, on the door. Fully believe it and hope so. And I like you're literally making me tear up a little with oh. my door. No, no, honestly. <laughs> Like I said, like can we talk about reality TV again? <laughs> That's gonna make me cry. <laughs> yeah, Greg's Greg's Greg and Tom are gonna start crying. And now, now Greg's gonna start crying. <laughs> oh, tears of anger. Amazing. Um, well, you know what, guys? I feel like this is a perfect place for us to say, you know what? Thank you so much for gracing us with your time, your presence. Thank you. Thank you so much for creating, you know, a, a place for people to listen to amazing people and yourselves. Thank you for writing a book that will hopefully lead generations towards the D and D agenda yes. that we are trying to push on the world. The D and D agenda. <laughs> Why didn't we call it that? That's a great title. Agenda that is. Good. Write that book, you guys. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here, um, I'll, I'll rip off this cover and put a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, show that, show that to the camera. Let me see that. Yeah, look. Yeah, we got a new, we got the cover. Yeah. yeah. Very love cool. Love it. Love um, so perfect time, guys. Shout out the book. Shout out your. Where can people find you guys on the socials? On the not socials? You know, shout <laughs> out your guys selves. Take the time to to plug all your stuff and everything. Go for it. 
Yeah, you well, you can get the book at the University of Iowa Press. It's available for pre-order right now. Uh, you can, you know, just put that in the Google bar and do that. But you can pre-order it through um, uh, your local bookseller. That is awesome. We definitely want to support everybody who's doing um, local retail in that regard. You can get it from other online retailers, but it is available for pre-order. The official publication date is December 5th. But we're told if you pre-order, you can actually get it up to a month early, uh, depending. I don't know if we can get it in the UK that early, but you can potentially get it before uh, December 5th, which is awesome. We've, we, we, we can't awesome. wait for people to start reading it and getting more into it. It makes a great gift for people who may not even just be fans of of uh, D&D because I think it is a great introduction. We start off by talking about what is D&D, give a lot of context for the community and how it grew from the 70s to now. And so I think it is in some ways a nice way to be like, hey, if you're D&D curious, here's here's a way to 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 make it not seem like many of the old stereotypes that used to used to yeah. be like this is we, we, we try to shed all of that away uh, in this book. And I think what you said um, Bodhi about um, uh, uh, Shelley being a, a, a guiding light for so many uh, women out there. I think it's very true. And it's something that has been a big part of everything we've been doing at Dragon Talk. I just want more people to play it. Maybe even people like Shelley who might not have wanted to play it when they were kids yeah. now uh, want, want to take that leap. And I think uh, now is the right time. So yeah, that's my pitch on that thing. Um, I'm at Greg Tito on Twitter, uh, Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all I'm going to plug right now. Go for it, Shelly. Okay. Thank you for all of the other plugging of the book, Greg. Did we, did you plug Dragon Talk? I mean, oh yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the podcast. <laughs> you can watch the, po- you listen can to the podcast. You can listen you to the podcast as Greg, well. did you plug the fucking thing? <laughs> you had one job, Greg. You had one job, Greg. I'm going to flip this table just like they do in Housewives. Right. <laughs> not all of them flip tables, Greg. They're making a very broad generalization. <laughs> only About in New broads. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I am at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also, you know what, if you like to read about reality TV, come to my website at ShellyMazanoble.com, and you can check out all my old Bachelor recaps there. Hmm. Hell yes. Yes. Hell to the yes. Well, as <laughs> always, we've been Homie and the Dude, your father and son, TTRPG, and MMA team couple of things for us we do have our actual play live stream which is set in a world of floating islands with corruption oppression and rebellion seeping from all the cracks and uh and that's a really fun one for people to check out it's a it's it's in my homebrew world called the sky realm um it's a it's a really really interesting uh interesting space we got an incredible cast of players absolutely love them they're amazing um other than that, we also have a Discord server. So if you want to ask us any questions, you want to find out anything about guests that we've talked to, find out behind the scenes content, get information early, and most importantly, get updates on our upcoming Airship Combat D&D 5e overlay Kickstarter that will be coming very, very soon. And so um, outside of that as well, the final thing is our newsletter of holding. If you want to, again, get free supplements from us. We give out NPCs from my world. We give out creatures from our world. You also get entered into our family-made dice giveaways because we happen to make dice here and there as well. (laughs) Um, In our spare time. In our spare time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're interested in any of that, there'll be links to all that in the description. There'll be links to all of Greg and Shelley's stuff in the description as well. Guys, thank you so much for bloody watching. Anything from you, Big Dog, before we close it no, out? Just thank you, Greg and Shelley, for your time. 
we will look out for the for the book and uh we'll we'll see you down the road thank you very much everyone Thank, Thank you. you. I'm excited Thanks. for the Homie and the Sis uh, new podcast on uh, <laughs> Housewives oh. and The Only Way is Essex and all oh, that stuff. You're making quick an point. assumption there on who Homie is. Oh, I was about I to am. say, quick, That's quick, right. quick point. Is that, is that, is that, your, is that your guess? I think, Bodhi, you are the Homie. I think so, okay. too. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're, we're, not gonna, we're not going to reveal the, the answer um, <laughs> online, but we will tell you uh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes, but we will see that the answer is. (laughs) (laughs) It is both. It's the Schrodinger's podcast. (laughs) You can't know until you look in the box, but then when you look in the box, you know. I got to watch that video. (laughs) Amazing, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This has been awesome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching Homie and the Dude today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit us with the Holy Trinity. Go follow us on Twitter subscribe to the YouTube channel, and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.